I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the event of the centurion's servant. This is found in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. It's also found in Matthew chapter 8, 5 through 13. We'll be reading from Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, Jesus entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick, and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed, for I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one go, and he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. I love this story. And especially, according to Jesus, this man was not a Jew. Mm -hmm. Jesus saw him as being outside of Israel. Yeah. And uh, generally centurions were Roman soldier brought from another part of the Roman Empire. So he will not have uh, local biases. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're the pleasing force, the occupying force, and so they didn't want them um, tied into the crowd or in any way. So they'd move them around, and and here he's heard of Jesus somehow. Um, and when his servant's sick, he he sees Jesus as the answer. I did not expect that this rude roman soldier and he's not a regular soldier he's in charge of 100 soldiers mm-hmm. i didn't have, expect these people to have those kind of feelings for their servants to value them to be interested in their well-being to go uh, to such an extent to talk to the elders of the city to to send them to jesus christ i see a lot of humanity mm-hmm. in, in this uh, roman soldier and I think that's a that's a trap or a mindset that a lot of us can get into when we think that I'm the one that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm following what's right. Life is black and white, yes and no. And then we look at everyone else. If they're not living the way I'm living, then they are wrong. And we um, stereotype, yeah, categorize people, we put labels. If they don't go to my church or if they don't like this, then they are not right with God or they're not in the right place. Yet here we find someone who, my guess on the outside, most people would not think of him as a, mm-hmm. a Christ follower, um, as someone good. Yet he seems to have good in him because 
of what he does. Mm -hmm. so. What I like about this story is the way it is built on the tension between two different ways to understand someone's value. Mm -hmm. When uh, the elders of the city went to Jesus Christ, they told him he is worthy to have you do this for him. And when he heard that Jesus Christ is coming to his place, he sent his friends and they told Jesus Christ, I am not worthy. These are the words of our master, of our friend. He is not worthy. Very interesting. How come that some people will see you worthy and you do not see yourself worthy? There's a couple things. Sometimes we compare ourselves to others. Mm -hmm. um, we look around and see my life versus the life of others. And, and that's dangerous because we only see the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can look at someone who all appearances say they're less than us. Um, they, they're living a harder life, a life with not as much. And so we can stack up as better than them mm -hmm. in our mind's eye. Or we can see someone who appears to be perfect mm -hmm. and we think we're worse. And so th that's the first comparison. But what, what's another comparison? So it's the system of reference, right? Yeah. Because the leaders of the city said he is worthy, number one, because he loves our nation. Mm -hmm. And number two, because he builds a synagogue. Yeah. Maybe he made a contribution or the soldiers helped build a synagogue. This is a human perspective, but when God works on your heart and you compare yourself with uh, the image of God as represented in the life of Jesus Christ and his ministry and his death and his resurrection, you kind of cringe in your heart and you say, I'm not worthy. In our understanding, we, we think that we're not worthy of God, we're not worthy of healing, but we are. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I guess that gets me into that question. What does this tell us about God? And, and my answer for that is we are worthy to, to be with him, not because of how excellent we are, not because of what we've done, but because of who we are. Yes. Creations of God. We are the image of God, the yeah. only authorized image of God. Yeah. And also we are the result of the labor of love of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We have been bought back with the price of Jesus Christ. And also we are part of the family. And uh, when you are family, you're not asking that question, is he worthy to be part of our family, except that person was married into the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, does this, anything else that this tells us about God? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, mm -hmm. Jews or not, someone who helped uh, build a synagogue or not, someone who was born into a, a family of believers or not, whoever believes in him. I really like how Jesus Christ in John 3.16 gives everyone a chance to start over. Mm -hmm. A clean slate of moral values and a new chance to come to Christ, uh, a new way to see God, 
And of course, uh, to enter into a new relationship, to be part of the family of God. Yeah. Now, when we began this season's podcast, we laid four questions out uh, that we ask when we read the gospel. We just did the first one. What does this tell me about God? Mm -hmm. The second one is, how is this passage speaking to me today? The third one is, what am I going to do about it? And the mm -hmm. fourth one is, what can I share? How can I share it with others? As we've developed this, we've we still ask these questions every time we read, but we find that there are times where it's better to condense them mm -hmm. together. So for those listening at home, we still want you to go through these four questions and, and ask those four questions, um, but we're going to shorten it down and, and focus so we can spend that time and, and combine, we combine the last three questions together. So what does this passage how does it speak to you today, and, and what are we going to do about it? When we commit a sin, or we realize there is something wrong, a disconnect or misalignment with the will of God, and I want to come and to make it right with God, there is an inner struggle when I hear another voice that says, you are not worthy. God doesn't need this kind of guys like you, always failing. On the other side, the voice coming from the crowd saying uh, you are worthy because you did this and that. Mm -hmm. And that is leading towards a what uh, the Protestant reformers called righteousness by works. That means you place before God on a tray your good works and said, Lord, look what I have done for you. So you should uh, accept me or you should uh, answer my question. Mm -hmm. We obtain victory over that inner battle when we read this story. This story tells me that everyone is worthy. And Jesus Christ will help us. Jesus Christ will touch our hearts. Uh, Jesus Christ will heal our wounds. Even if we have that conviction that we are not worthy, and um, even if we tell Jesus halfway towards our home, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you in my house. Um, please say this or that, and I know that you have the power to uh, to make it work. Yeah. So for me, reading this, this what, what jumped out at me is the statement that Jesus made. I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Mm. And Jesus later on shares with his disciples if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. And, and there's these statements about faith. And, and if you go to the end of the book of James, we look at Elijah who prayed that it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain. And then he prayed that it would rain and it did rain. I guess for me, that that's what's speaking, that, that faith is what's important. And um, working on our faith and believing in God more. And how do we believe in God? Well, we spend time with him first mm -hmm. of all we read his word but we analyze Amen. um and and we look for evidence of god mm -hmm. um and so for me strengthening my faith requires reflection mm -hmm. um and, and i think um i'm gonna do this more last night i camped outside with my kids they slept in hammocks um i slept in the backyard looking up at the stars and and has some good time to think about um, God. And and that reflection time 
allows faith to be strengthened because I saw God working in my my day yesterday, mm-hmm. and I saw God working in my day even today uh, that He's there. So um, we're gonna have a prayer now, Father God. We are so thankful that you have made us, created us worthy to be called sons and daughters of God, that you sent mm-hmm. Jesus to redeem us, that we might be forgiven for our sins. Amen. I'm so thankful, Father, that you do all the work. Mm-hmm. And you don't leave us in sin, but you call us out of sin to a better life. Father, I pray that we will grow in faith, that we will see your hand working in our lives and in the lives of those around us, and that that will increase our faith more and more. Amen. That we will believe you and the promises you have made. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.